the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Victory Lane with Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr., Associate Minister of Grace Bible Fellowship, Antioch, California, where Kirkland A. Smith is the senior pastor. Now, Victory Lane. Welcome to Victory Lane. I am your host, Reverend Lawrence Grace Sr. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We're going to... uh, continue with our teaching on the book of Acts chapter 13. As we uh, look at our uh, text today, Acts the 13th chapter, I, I want you to be mindful that this, in Acts the 13th chapter in the ninth verse, Saul has name has been changed to Paul. He goes to Antioch in Bithynia and he is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what he's doing is he's, he's telling the people He's given a dissertation on the prophecies of Christ from the Old Testament and through the prophets and that proving that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, we left off on our reading in Acts chapter 13, verse 30, and we're going to start at that, at that point, okay? Amen, amen. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a borrowed tomb. But God raised him from the dead. So Paul is saying, hey, after all that, uh, the prophecies of Jesus Christ has been fulfilled, they did crucify him. And he died on the, uh, uh, on the cross at Calvary. And they took him down from the cross and they laid him in a borrowed tomb. Now, if we look at our scripture, I want you to go back to Matthew, the 28th chapter. We're going to go there and take a look. And see exactly how that occurred. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 4. Matthew 28, verse 1 through 4. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. So they come in to see the tomb where Jesus is buried in. Verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. So the angel of the Lord came. There was a a, a great earthquake and he descended from heaven and he rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And it was so... It was so magnificent that this angel, his countenance was like like lightning, so that very, very bright, and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards who were standing guard shook for fear of him, became like dead men. They didn't die, but they became like dead men, paralyzed, uh, 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 caught up in, in this great thing that has happened, watching the angel sitting on a rock and Look and looking so radiant, and so they became like dead men. And verse five through 
6 says, And the angel answered and said to the women, This is the angel talking to Mary Magdalene and Mary, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. And they said, verse 6, He is not here, for he has risen, as he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. So the angel tells Mary Magdalene and Mary, come see the place where Jesus laid. He has risen from the dead. And then verse 7 and 8 says, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Go tell the disciples that Jesus is risen from the, from the dead. <coughs> Excuse me. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples the word. So the Mary and Mary is all excited. They got the word from the angels, and they're going to tell the disciples, he is risen, he is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. Now verse 9 and 10, we're in Matthew 28. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. Who met him? Jesus. He met them and saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. They see Jesus. They're excited. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. So, with this being said, when Jesus rose from the dead over a 40-day period at various times and various locations, he appeared to his disciples and other witnesses at least eight times as eyewitnesses seen him after his resurrection from the dead. Now, let's look at, I don't want to stay too long in this, but I want you to get this resurrection of the dead in your hearts, in your mind, of what, what is actually has happened. John 20 1 through 10. Check this out. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, that would be John, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know, we do not know where they laid him. Okay, that's what they're saying. Then Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, Peter and John, and went to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. So John outran Peter and came to the tomb first. But check out, and he stooping down, John that is, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. So John, I don't know what uh, uh, type of frame of mind he was in, but he's looking in the tomb, and he sees the linen clothes, and he sees the tomb is empty, and, but he did not go in. But check this out. Then came Simon Peter following him and went into the tomb and saw that the linen clothes lying there. So Peter, being bold, because that's what Peter is, he's bold. He going to go into the tomb, let me see what's going on. And then he said in verse 7, And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb, that would be John, went in also, and he saw and what? Believed. He believed. 
that Jesus had risen from the dead, but they have not yet seen him. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Remember Jesus told them, you tear this temple down in three days, I will raise it up again, meaning himself. He even told them, he said, uh, the chief priests and people come to crucify me and kill me, but I will uh, rise on the third day. Then disciples went away to their own homes. So they were perplexed. They were uh, wondering. They were uh, 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 kind of in, in a state of mind. Is this really true? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Let's look at we're in John 20th chapter. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And understand this, Paul is explaining to them that Jesus has risen from the dead. Now we have the, the actual accounts of Jesus rising from the dead. Paul wasn't there, but he heard the stories. As a matter of fact, he met Jesus and he, on the road to Damascus, and he knew Jesus was alive. Now, this is, the, this is the account of him being raised from the dead. And then they said to her, and then they said to her, these are the angels, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they had taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have taken him, where they laid him. Verse 14, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried away him, carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. He called her name. Now, check this out. She knew his voice. She knew his voice. She turned and said, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. She recognized the voice of Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. In verse 18, and Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. So she tells them, I've seen him. I've seen Jesus. He's risen from the dead. Check this out. I'm still in John 20. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. So the disciples are running scared because they crucified Jesus. If they crucified Jesus, they're going to kill us too. So they're all assembled together. And then Jesus, what? Came in and stood in the midst. Where did he come from? Huh? Where'd he come from? I don't know. But he came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be unto you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. What did he show them? He showed them his hands where they had put nails in his hands. He showed them his side where they pierced him in his side. And the disciples were filled with joy because they knew it was the Lord. Verse 21, so Jesus said to them, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. I'm getting ready to send you on a mission. I'm getting ready to send you 11 disciples on a mission to turn this world upside down. 
And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He gave them the Holy Spirit right then. Okay? The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon the other disciples, not until Acts the second chapter, but he gave them uh, the, the power of the Holy Spirit right then and there and said, if you forgive, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you attain the sins of any, they are attained, retained. So you got to forgive. If you forgive the sins, your sins are forgiven. But if you retain the sins, they are retained. Now, where we at? Verse 24. Check this out. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my fingers into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. The other disciples are excited. They tell Thomas, We've seen him. We've seen Jesus. So Thomas said, Man, until I put my until I put, the, uh, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into, it, into the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Check this out. Verse 26 in John 20th chapter. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and who? Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be to you. Jesus came, the doors were shut. Huh? Where'd it come from? Out of the ground? Where'd it come from? Side of the wall? Where'd it come from? Top of the wall? I don't know. But he said, and the doors were shut, and 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 Jesus came and stood in the midst and said, Peace be to you. He's talking to Thomas. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. So Jesus is challenging Thomas. Say, here I am, Thomas. Here, put your hands here. Put your hands here. Put your finger right here in my nail prints. He said, reach your hand here and to my side. And do not be unbelieving, but be believing, because I am the Christ and I have risen from the dead. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Now he believes. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Who are those? Blessed are those, Jesus said, who have not seen and yet believed. Who would that be? Me and you and you and you. Blessed are you who have not seen and yet believed. Jesus is the Christ. And check this out. John 20, chapter verse 30 and 31. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. He did many other signs and wonders, which are not written in the book. And then John says, guess what? But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. You may have eternal life. Believing in Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, let's go back to uh, Acts the uh, 13th chapter. Paul is giving this dissertation about the prophets writing about Jesus, and he's giving this dissertation that he is the Christ, the Son of God. He has been written about by the prophets, 
and by the uh, 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 David and, and the Psalms and also the, the prophecies of Christ it has been written and more importantly it has been fulfilled in the prophecy that he came and he died on the cross at Calvary. And he's telling these people this is what happened. In verse 32 we're back to Acts the 13th chapter. And no, verse 32. And we declare to you glad tidings that promise which was made to our fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, and that he has raised up Jesus as it is also written in the second Psalms. He said, check this out. Paul said, it's already written. I'm bringing you glad tidings that the promise that was made to our fathers has been fulfilled, that Jesus is risen from the dead as it was written in the second Psalms. He said, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. I have So it's been written a long time ago. You are my son. I've begotten you. And, and the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son. That's whoever will believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And he says, and he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus. So Paul is telling them the scriptures regarding the resurrection of Christ, that he is Jesus the Christ. And I will have and I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another Psalms, you will not allow your holy one to see corruption. These songs were written about Jesus the Christ that he will not let him see corruption. Everybody dies. Everyone has died. Everyone who, who has dead, dead up to this point saw corruption, right? What I mean is uh, uh, when you die, the, 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 this shell goes into the grave and as we, have, and as we were uh, created from the dust of the earth, so shall we return to the dust of the earth. That's why we say uh, uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But Jesus saw no corruption. Now, he says, now Paul is talking to him, for David, I mean Acts 13, 36, for David, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. David, who was uh, 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 Served his own generation. Jesus came from the seed of David. But David fell asleep, meaning he died. And was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. His body went back to, 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 the, to, to the earth. He saw corruption. That's what that is. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption, meaning Jesus Christ. Jesus saw no corruption. He was, it, the Bible tells us he was in the tomb three days and he rose from the dead. He saw no corruption. And then he says, Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. 39. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. What he's saying is, we could not be justified by the law of Moses. We could not meet the criteria. There's no way we could, we, could, we could be justified by the law of Moses. Why? Because the law was impossible for us to keep. And then, so this is what God did. Romans 8. 
I'm glad you asked. This is what God did. We could not justify, we could not live to the quality and the standards of the law. Why? Because we're in the flesh. So God, so this is what God did. In Romans 8, 3 and 4, he said, So for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, what the law, the law of Moses, I, I can't keep the commitments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. It, it, I'm, I'm weak in my flesh. For what the law could not do, God sent his, that in that, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, this is what God did. Sending, God did, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. God sent his son in the flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. Why? Because we couldn't do it. In verse 4, for what reason? That the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Though the righteousness of the law could not be fulfilled in us who walk according to the flesh. We're in this flesh, but according to the spirit. That's the bottom line. And that's what God, that's what Jesus did for what the law couldn't do. Jesus did so that the righteousness of God can be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh. Amen? Now, check this out. He said, if we go back to uh, Acts uh, 39, he said, uh, uh, 13 and 39, Paul says, and by him, everyone, by him, Everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. We could not be justified by the law of Moses. No way, no way, no how. So Paul said in, in, in Romans 8, just check this out, in 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Huh? No one. He did, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Okay, so God let Jesus die for our sins. He spared not his son, but he delivered him up for us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit of the Lord. Amen? Now, I, I, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Here is and guess what? Remember I said you were justified? And he says in Romans 8, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So you were already called. He foreknew you. You were already called and you were predestined, if you're born again Christian, to be conformed to the image of the Son of God when you accepted him as Lord and Savior. That he might be the firstborn among the brethren. Firstborn among the brethren. And then he says, those he predestined, he called meaning you. Those he called, he justified, meaning you. And those he justified, he also glorified, meaning you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Jeremiah put it like this, 
Before you were formed in the belly of your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained you and set you apart to be a, a, a child of God. So this is what Paul is saying to these people that God predestined us to be the uh, in the image of Jesus Christ who accepted him as Lord and Savior of our lives. Verse 42, we're just about at the end. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So the Jews left, and the Gentiles said, hey, come preach to us, man. We want to hear this. We want to hear this news about Jesus. Now when the congregation, I'm in verse 43, Acts 13. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. So the devout people of, 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 of God and the proselytes, a proselyte, a person who has been converted from one religion to another, has, is encouraging Paul and them to continue, continue preaching the word of God. Now, on the next Sabbath, Almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Everybody's excited. They never heard nothing like this in their life. You're talking about Jesus, the Christ, Son of the living God, who came to die for the sins of the world, to give us the right to eternal life. This has never been preached. It has never been teached. And they came the next week to hear. But, it's always some folks. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things the things spoken by Paul. But then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. They got bold. And he said to the, to the Jews, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you rejected it, turn to the Gentiles. You don't want to hear it? Guess what? We're going to go to the Gentiles and we're going to preach to them. Amen. Join us next week as Reverend Gray continues his teaching on the book of Acts. You can hear all Reverend Gray's teaching on the book of Acts at Gospel1190.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.